Good afternoon, everyone. Welcome to a special Friday edition of the Cone Zone. That is the legendary Bay Area sports columnist, Lowell Cone. I'm his son, Grant, the nepotism guy. You were out at lunch today with Matt Mayoko, who is a friend of the Cone Zone, and uh, that's pretty cool. Just wanted to throw that out there. Yeah, Matty said, could I take a selfie of us? And he that's put it cool. up uh, on, uh, on Twitter. On Twitter. You know, I have to say, uh, officially and publicly, I love Matty Mayoko. He's one me of too. my dear friends. And, you know, whenever he sees me, because we have lunch, it's we have lunch at Tutu's over in Lafayette. He always gives me a, a kiss and say, I love you, Lowell. And you know what? It means a lot to me. I got to tell you, he and I have been friends a long time. Absolutely. Yeah. All right. So we're, we're doing it on Friday today because we wanted to do the show after Tra- after OTAs, after practice, so there was something to talk about. You saw my practice report, and mm-hmm. you wanted to start with the quarterback competition. Um, yeah. What stood out about my report about that quarterback competition? Yeah. Um, what I got from you was the two guys, uh, Trey Lance and Sam Darnold, are competing to, uh, allegedly to be this the second banana, but mm-hmm. – we know on this team, the second banana can quick become the top banana uh, if Brock Purdy isn't ready. Or It's a fluid gets- banana situation. <laughs> That's right. It's a banana It's a situation. Split. It's a yeah, it's a banana split. split. It's, it's a, a banana split. split. Yeah, it's true. Okay. okay. So what I got from your report was these guys are throwing a lot of check down passes. Nothing like- but. Almost nothing but check down passes. So in other words, we got a couple of check down Charlies. Yes. And yes. I want to say I actually sort of have contempt for that because I think to actually good quarterbacks that I have watched play or knew. So I'm going to name two names, Steve Young, Brett Favre. Okay. If they were in a quarterback competition at OTA somewhere, you think Steve or Brett would be checking down? No. They would be bombs away because yeah. they would want to show the coaching staff, I can really do it and I am – assaulting this job. I yeah. am asserting and myself to take this job. This quarterback competition is a waste of time. I'm so much better than this guy. That's right. A waste of yeah. time. And yeah. these guys are wasting time. It's like they're being like, hey, you mess up. No, you mess up. No, you mess up. Like, uh, n- neither of you guys want to take the job? Yeah. And Steve, who I I knew very well, know very well, would have taken the job. I, yeah. I'm going to make an analogy to boxing because it always helps me to think of it in these terms. Muhammad Ali was a great fighter, maybe the greatest heavyweight who ever lived. When he went in the ring, he didn't mess around. He showed he wanted to show his character to the world, yeah. his yeah. character as a fighter and as a competitor. And Steve Young wanted to show his character to the world. At OTAs, he would want to show his character to the team and to the coaching staff. He wouldn't be checking down. He'd be throwing he'd be throwing passes where on the sideline the reporters would be going, Wow. Yep. Wow. Hey, yep. Iggy, did you see that? Yep. So it's discouraging to see that these guys both have an opportunity to impress people and they're basically passing up on the opportunity. Like, I don't want to make a mistake in front of the media today. I'm just gonna check it down and survive. And both of those quarterbacks have that mentality, and it's a real shame. Um, so at the same time, it's like, yeah, the Niners don't have Steve Young on their team or Brett Favre. But it's like, and it's too bad that those guys can't step up. But at the same time, like, I think it's kind of foolish for us to assume or them to assume you just bring in 
two young quarterbacks with confidence issues, put them in a competition, and assume that one guy is going to emerge uh, as a confident, excellent quarterback. Maybe, maybe the, the competition yields nothing. In other words, it's, it, it was doomed before it started because they're both such neophytes. Yeah. I mean, you know, do you, a competition doesn't necessarily result in a Steve Young just because you had a competition. Right. Yeah. I have a question for you. Yeah. If Brock Purdy were healthy and if it were still a competition, we know if he's healthy, he's the number one guy. Let's pretend it were a competition. Would he assert his character before the world? I don't know. I, he just He's coming off the first serious injury of his life. What's his confidence going to be like now? Yeah. These other guys have confidence issues. Trey's been injured a bunch of times. Sam Darnold's been kicked out of two organizations. Uh, Brock Purdy had remarkable confidence and poise for a rookie. Well, what's he got now after this injury? That's the next test for him. So we'll see. If he's supposed to be back in training camp. and he's, uh, Let's see what he looks like against the first team defense. He, I've never seen him in that setting. Fair enough. My guess is, and again, I don't know any of these guys. My guess is Brock Purdy innately has more confidence than the other two. Has more self-belief. Now, we have to see what happens. Let's pretend he's going to be okay after the injury. Yeah. My guess is if you put him in a quarterback competition against those two, he'd kick ass. My guess is he would. We'll have to see it. We'll have yep. to see it now. I mean, because yep. this is like Brock Purdy 2.0 with the bionic arm. <laughs> I got a bionic eye. That's why yeah. I'm not wearing my glasses anymore. It's a good eye. It's a good eye. I got to get the other eye, but now I got the good eye, yeah. Anyway, the other thing I wanted to point out was the offensive line coach talked this week about how he prepares young offensive linemen to start, and he says it's important to tell them, look, there's no one lurking over your shoulder. The job is yours. We believe in you. Like, it's a tough position to play offensive line. Young guys shouldn't be good at it. The ones who are are incredibly confident. You got to build up their confidence. And it doesn't seem like this quarterback competition is going to do that for either one. You got two quarterbacks with confidence issues for different reasons. And both guys are playing very timidly on the field in front of the media. And it seems like you're almost um, creating an environment where both guys are afraid to make mistakes as opposed to guys who are going to um, go out and impress people and live with the mistakes in practice. So I don't right, know. Right, because as opposed to what's happening on the offensive line, each of these quarterbacks has to look over his shoulder. Yeah, right. absolutely. Yep. They're not saying to anybody, we're giving you the job. No. Now, athletes should want to compete for a job. Of course. Of course. But clearly, these guys are timid and are competing. What you're saying is not to win, but to make no mistakes. Absolutely. And, you know, I remember with Jim Harbaugh, his project was Colin Kaepernick. And that was a big project. He came from a zone read system, sat him for a year. But when it was finally time for Kaepernick to make an impression, when Alex Smith got hurt, um, Kaepernick was ready and Harbaugh was ready. It wasn't like, hey, buddy, we're going to call a bunch of runs. Go up there, go out there and don't screw up. Okay. That's your mentality. It was, this is your audition. So we're going to go and we're going to call a bunch of downfield throws in the first quarter. Bears aren't going to be expecting it. No one's going to be expecting it. If you hit these throws, it's your job. He hit him. He hit, you remember that game, right? I mean, it was like, oh, okay. Uh, the offense doesn't move this well with Alex Smith. Goodbye, dude. And that was it. And, and I don't know. I mean, Trey hasn't been able to do that. I think Kaepernick was about 24 when he did it. But at the same time, he had a coach who believed in him and put him in a position to succeed. Yeah. I think I was at that game. Wouldn't I have been oh, at yeah. that game? We yeah. both were at that game. It was a yeah. night game. And it was yeah. incredible. And I remember after the game, people were still trying to figure out why Kaepernick started. Because 
Harbaugh said all week that Smith was going to start, and then he pulled the rug out from underneath everyone like a couple days before. And so um, someone asked, well, when did you decide that Colin Kaepernick was going to start? First question, and then Harbaugh answered it, and I asked second question, are you going to stick with Colin Kaepernick as your starting quarterback from here on out? And he lighted up, and he said, well, you know, I do like to go with the hot hand. So he was waiting for that moment, and that was it. That's all he, that's all he needed. Yeah, and I wish that Colin Kaepernick had been that good for the rest of his career. Yeah, absolutely. But the one, th- I mean, you could say, look, watching Sam Darnold and uh, and Trey Lance the other day, Colin Kaepernick would have destroyed them. Like twenty five year old Colin Kaepernick, he would have been ex- he would have been confident. He would have been throwing the ball down the field. Like a y- young quarterbacks with confidence are kind of rare, and and you can shatter it. And those these two guys have had their confidence shattered. I mean, Trey Lance is in therapy. He said it. So, uh. In therapy, that's tough. I mean, nothing, nothing wrong with that, but that's what this whole situation has created. So I'm in therapy. Yeah, I am. Yeah. It's true. I I actually would like to go to therapy. I'm going to. I was talking about it with my wife last night. I'm gonna do it. Maybe Trey so, can give me. I don't put down anybody who's in. Therapy. I'm not putting them down. I'm just saying it's got a lot to deal with right now. No Flav says Jack on Larry Show disagree with your take that. Cover one will stop Brock. Also, maybe Trey wanted to show he can check down like Brock too. Um, I think that's there's a lot to that. A lot of people say that Trey can't check. He can't hit the easy ones. Well, he's been hitting the easy ones all the camp, and now all of a sudden people are upset with that. Um, I don't know. We'll see what happens with uh, Brock Purdy. Seems like that's how people want to defend him, and there's a reason for it. Rod Simmons says, At Lowell, when Jed fired Harbaugh, he said he'd improve the culture. How do you grade his change? Do you think we've already seen the best of John Lynch? <sighs> Um, I think, the, look, I think the 49ers culture is terrific. I think, John Lynch is, I think John Lynch is doing a beautiful job. I yeah. think he grounds Kyle Shanahan. I do. Yeah. I think Kyle is more emotional, more mercurial. I think Lynch is doing a great job. My only criticism is they don't well, have the, the, the most important position solidified. That's my criticism of them, but the culture is great. The team is terrific. And the head coach with limitations is a very good, not great head coach. Yeah, and the thing about the quarterback spot is they I feel like they bought some time with Trey Lance. They told people, like, look, he's the future, but give us some time because we're going to develop him. Now they're pivoting to Brock's our guy. And I think it's fair to be a little skeptical of, like, look, Brock's good, um, but he's – that's your guy? He's going to be an elite quarterback for you? That's the plan? Your, your seven is just to, wow. Well, I'm a little skeptical. Yeah. Uh, with Kyle, I don't think he really has a good intellectual uh, understanding of the quarterback position, and he's always grasping at the latest flavor. Reactive. Totally agree. Totally yeah. agree. Yep. Uh, Nadro49 says, love the show. Thank you. What, do you. what day are you at OTAs next week? Not sure yet. They haven't set out the schedule. As soon as I find out, I'll let you know. Joseph says, I just want to see Trey with a fully healthy team. Well, I think we will. I, want to see, I think we will. I want to see a fully healthy Trey with a fully healthy team. Okay, so the headlining event at these practices is the quarterback competition. Right below on the marquee this past week was a little bit of a shouting match between the head coach and an NFL PA player director representative, Dwayne Allen. It was amusing highly unusual and ultimately not a big deal but it was what did i always say what was different about this day that was different about that day never seen anything like it uh, let's go back to what i we're talking about ira miller the great football writer and he said Lowell. yeah 
when you know sometimes they say I don't know what to write in my column today. It said, what was different about today than all Passover? What's different yeah. about tonight than all other nights? Correct. And so the Passover you know, rule. The Passover rule. So yeah. what was different about the OTA this week was Kyle got into it with a representative of the Players Association. So Iggy, let's and a well-known to- former player, Dwayne Allen. Like he was in the league a long time. Everyone knows Dwayne Allen. Kyle knows Dwayne Allen. Okay. Yeah. So let's try to piece together what happened and okay. then let's make a judgment on how Dwayne Allen, is that his name? Correct. And how Kyle acted. Yes. So um, you were there. Why don't you mm. say what you understand? And I'll fill in if I think I have a different version. Sure. So Dwayne Allen uh, works for the NFLPA. And I guess when he's there, he's kind of like, you know, the official snitch. If the Niners don't follow the collective bargaining agreement rules, he's going to get them in trouble. So he's there monitoring to make sure that they're doing practice by the book. Um, and there's a moment in practice where Diamador Lenore breaks up a pass intended for Jawan Jennings. And there's a little bit of contact. It kind of looks like Lenore clotheslines the wide receiver. It wasn't intentional, but it's also against the rules. And apparently Dwayne Allen like steps onto the field and yells like, you can't do that. Something like that. I was about 40 yards away, but someone else heard him say that. Are we are we good so far? Yeah, we're good. So he goes on the field. A defensive player on the Niners is yelling at They're like yelling at each other. And I guess like he's trying to go back to the huddle, this defensive player, and he's still yelling at the at, at Dwayne Allen. Yell, Dwayne Allen's still yelling at the player. Kyle Shanahan finally steps in because that's ridiculous and says, stop yelling at my player. Okay. Or get off the field. Get off the field. Well, he steps in because as the player gets back into the huddle, he still has his head turned toward Dwayne Allen. And what I understand Shanahan to think is you're in the huddle. Now you're not supposed to be arguing with this other guy. You're supposed to have your head in the huddle that pissed him off. And then he came over and what happened then? So he came over to Dwayne Allen and said, get off the field. And I guess Dwayne Allen was saying, you know, like this is against the rules. And I guess Kyle tried to make it. Well, you're breaking my rules by staying on the field. And, and then Dwayne Allen kind of said, well, you know, uh, in a snarky way, like, well, it's nice to meet you, coach. And the, uh, Kyle says, "Well, you never introduced yourself." And then walks away. So, it was a little it was a little catty from both sides, in my opinion. Absolutely. And juvenile. Yeah. Juvenile. Yes. Yes. So, I I I'd like to make some judgments. Yes. This Dwayne Allen was way in the wrong. Yes. You you could be from the players association Keep your butt on the other side of the lo- of the line. You True. don't get on the field. Stay yeah. with the media and everybody else. Who the hell yeah. do you think you are? And I'm gonna I'm gonna give an analogy. It's like yeah. I'm in the press box typing on my keyboard, and some schmuck puts his hand on my keyboard. Get out of my workspace. And yeah. Kyle had every right to be angry that this guy was in, yeah. uh, intruded on his workspace, and he was letting him know that. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Um, so on this one, I'm 100 percent with Kyle. And I think this guy, Wayne Allen, is a schmuck. All right. Mm-hmm. Having said that. I try to remember how Bill Walsh would have handled it. He may have yelled at the guy or he may have gone over peacefully because here's yeah. what Bill used to tell me. It's funny. In many ways, I was an emotional support for Bill Walsh, but he was older than I was, and he would teach me about life sometimes, 
And he would often, often say to me, Lowell, everybody has enemies. Mm-hmm. You don't want to make new ones mm-hmm. because you already have enemies. Yeah. I try not to make enemies and I try to smooth it over. Mm-hmm. So I think if now Kyle had every right to be pissed and it was in the heat of the moment. But I think and apparently, this, according to Maddie, that he smoothed it over with Dwayne Allen after practice, met him up, met up with him and smoothed things over. That's what Maddie said. That's nice. Yeah. Then yeah. that's good. Because, yeah. And also John Lynch smoothed it over. Because oh, John immediately. Lynch, immediately. John Lynch yeah. was a Bill Walsh player at Stanford yeah. Yeah. Uh, and is a politician. Yes. Lynch is, is a he's a good guy. He's also yeah. a politician. And right. I think the message is Kyle doesn't need enemies in the Players Association. And he doesn't. No, because they, they got in trouble with the Players Association last year. They had a... Yeah. Uh, one of their practices taken away. And essentially what Dwayne Allen was saying is like, I'll do it again. So it was a little con- contentious. And I look, Dwayne Allen shouldn't have stepped on the field. Uh-uh. Uh, you shouldn't You shouldn't have done that. But also like Kyle didn't look, I, I don't think he came across looking good like that because you both of them looked inept. You're having this juvenile sh- shouting match at each other. I don't know. I think it was a bad look. And it, you know what it reminded me of? Sonny Corleone. I love it. You know what I mean? Like it's like, oh, okay, you're getting upset. Like you're you you got mad and you're not thinking about it at all. You're just letting your emotions dictate what you're gonna do right now. Like the real leader in Godfather was Michael, who was cold, calculated, and ruthless. Like if he wanted to get you, he wouldn't get you in the moment. He would smile at you, he would look at you, you could give you this scary look, and he'd get you a week later when he was at church at the baptism. So he had right. plausible deniability. You know what I'm saying? Like Sonny was always just doing things because he got mad. It was always like a, a you-know-what measuring contest with Sonny and it would get himself into trouble at, at, at the toll booth. I, I don't want Kyle to go to any toll booths. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm looking out for Kyle. Yeah, right. And if if Michael had been there instead of Kyle, he would have handled it. He would have gone over to, right away to this Dwayne guy and he would have yeah. smiled at him and he would have chatted. He would have kindly escorted him off the field and had him assassinated a week later. Yeah, the next day he'd be fired. <laughs> the next day he'd be fired and he would never, right. ever, ever work in the NFL again. But instead, right. Kyle got mad, got really red in the face, didn't necessarily did. come off great. Yeah, oh, really red in the face. And, uh, you know, then he worked it out afterward. Very Sonny Corleone. But, you know, Sonny was kind of like, I mean, Michael was a monster. Sonny was just a bad Don. He wasn't a yeah, monster. A, yeah. No. Rest Michael, in peace. Michael, uh, in fact. Monster. Killed his Michael, brother. He grew into being a monster. He did. He, at first, he was doing what he had to do, and then he went way too far. If you haven't seen Godfather Two, sorry for ruining that, but you had fifty years. Well, Godfather One Two, he he turns into yeah. a monster at the end. There closes yeah. the door on his wife. That's right. Do you renounce Satan? <laughs> I do. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so we were talking. All right, so look, I Kyle. Wanna, whoa, 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 whoa. I got one more thing yeah. to say. Sir. You said this isn't really a big event, blah, 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 blah. I think it is, and I want to tell okay. you why. All right. When I was covering sports, of course you cover the games. Who is a better wide receiver, Joe B or Joe Schmatz or, or whatever? But what mattered to me was what is the character of these people? Where mm-hmm. do I rate them in my moral court? Mm-hmm. And this incident is key to that. Yeah, absolutely. Kyle gets – there's a sports term. People who get the red ass. Oh, the red ass, yeah. The red ass. Kyle gets the red ass. Yeah. So it's okay. You know, it happens. People who, um, Al Davis got the red ass. Yeah. Oh, Frank Robinson. And, oh, 
Yeah. Frank Robinson got the red ass. Yeah. 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 And yeah. people would say, you know, oh, you better stay out of Frank's office today. He has the red ass. <laughs> that, honest to God, Iggy. That's funny. All right. So yeah. when I do my little videos from practice, I go to the field at Levi Stadium and have that as a backdrop. It's not where they practice. They're on the practice field, but that's where I do it. And do you, you have some questions about that? I do. I, I do. Okay. Because I okay. like to know how things work. Sure. Why do you do your, um, when you're down at practice, why do you do your videos from the field? Well, I think you want to have a, a, a visually appealing backdrop. And it's hard to find that. Like, when I first started doing this a few years ago, I used to do it in the, in the parking lot. Remember that? And yeah. you have people driving in and stuff. Yeah. I mean, that was kind of funny, but it also looked kind of rinky-dink. I'm trying to look for something good. I, I don't want to be in a hallway. You can't do it from the media room because people are working in there. So, I mean, that's really nice. I do it from there after the games as well. And I feel like it, it, it really shows people that you're there and without saying it. And uh, it's a nice feel with the grass behind you. And sure. you got the, the 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 actual real sunlight as opposed to some artificial light. I think it looks good. It's it's better than not being out there. It also brings fans there, right? Right. Because um, when I started writing uh, for newspapers, the editors always said, "Bring your readers there, yeah. into the locker room, into the clubhouse, onto the field." So mm -hmm. they because they these are not places they can go. So right. bring them there. So I like it. And it's true. The green is very pretty. Right. It's like they're living vicariously through me. It's the same reason why my travel videos do well on the road, because a lot of the fans would love to be on the road, traveling around, following the 49ers and eating the food in that city that week. But it's expensive. So they watch me do it. And it's important to show the, like, the different streets and the downtown and the food. People love that. Same kind of thing with just seeing Levi's. Like, okay, it's... It's on. We're, we're really there. It's going on right now. Must be fun. My next question is, how do you get out to the field? Now, let me say, he's in the press room, which has no windows. It's a bunker. Uh, mm -hmm. I mean, I spent a lot of my life in that press room. And you're sitting at your little cubicle. You're typing. How do you get on? How do you walk onto the field? How does it work? There's two ways. Uh, normally, I would leave the press bunker and turn right and go maybe 100 feet to the right. And then there's a tunnel where the, a visiting team goes in and out uh, from the locker room to the field. Go through that tunnel, and you, it leads you right to the field. So I stand right next to it. Sometimes, though, that's closed off. and I, So you go uh, out left from the bunker through that um, lounge. You know that lounge that's, that's sort of in between the bunker and the auditorium? Yeah. Walk through that lounge, and there's like a bunch of doors that lead you straight out to the 50-yard line. And that's where I've been going the last few days. Um, that little and spot's nice. Uh, it's very nice. Iggy, when yeah. you're out there, does anyone ever bother you or get in the way or what are you doing here? Anything like that? Um, sometimes a lawnmower comes behind me, but no. Uh, a few years ago, I was doing a post-game stream from the from the lawn, and one of the stadium ops guys told me not to do that, and the PR director told me not to do that, that you only can do like little post-game hits, not full shows. So after the game, I, I go to the second level, and I, I – kind of look down on the on the field but i'm allowed to do you know a 10 minute little you, you know after get you see that like uh joe fonzie standing on the field doing a little two minute yeah. recap of the game people do that all the time so that's kind of what i do just with my phone 
Also, when you're on the field, people can realize how close you are to the airport. Absolutely. Like every two minutes, a, yeah. a plane flies over. It's kind of annoying. <laughs> well, and that's, loud. Where, that's, that's where they put the stadium, right by the San Jose airport. Yeah. And like the engines are so loud because they're taking off. And it's really, it breaks your concentration. One thing that's interesting about um, the airport down in, the, in Orange County, I was there a couple of years ago because the Niners were practicing against the Chargers, and it's in a really ritzy area with a bunch of rich people um, that would never stand for that kind of noise pollution. So when you leave out of the Orange County, you go really high up, and then they cut the engines, and it's it feels like the, it feels like you're going to crash. It, it feels like the engines died, and you're just kind of right. gliding over, you know, Newport Beach and all these places with million dollar houses because they don't want to hear that crap. And then all of a sudden, it kicks back in once you're out. It's it's amazing, but I guess people don't have that kind of pull in Santa Clara. Sorry. Poor Santa Clara. Talk to your congressman. Talk but that's the backdrop. Yeah, that's, that's, that's the main bad thing you got to deal with when you go out there. The airplanes. They're loud. But it's worth it. Oh, well. Okay. So yesterday was interesting. Twice a year we get to talk to the position coaches. OTAs and training camp. Other than that, you can never talk to them. Remember when I first got on the beat and I wanted to do a, uh, an interview with the quarterback coach, Jeep Chris, and it was just impossible. Like they, oh. the co it was impossible. Like the head coach doesn't want you talking to his position coaches. I, I don't really get it. I, I think he basically, he wants to be the only person that talks for the team and the coordinators have to talk. But if it's up to the coach, no one else would ever talk. So they give you this one day and the two people that stood out the most were Brian Greasy and Bobby Turner. I'll talk about Turner later, but Brian Greasy is just so interesting to me. Like he calls a lot of attention to himself. Everyone, it, it, first of all, it's it's in the auditorium. You know the auditorium. If you if you never been to the auditorium, it's where all the player interviews are. There's that podium, and then there's a like twenty rows of seats that can fill up five hundred people. So most of the position coaches go find a seat, and you just sit around them, and it's really informal. And they talk for a long time. Brian Greasy walks in and looks at the seats, and none of the seats are good for him. So he walks past and goes all the way to the back of the room and finds this wall and kind of leans up against it sideways like this with his arms crossed and then looks over his shoulder and, and does an interview like this. Yeah, uh, uh-huh, uh-huh. And it's like very much like, I really don't want to do this. I really don't want to do this. And it's like, that's the kind of stuff that I really didn't like about Colin Kaepernick back in the day. Like my issue with him was that, like how you talk to the media. It's like, you don't want to do it. You're being difficult. You're being short. Like, there's so no reason to do this. And it's like, Brian Greasy acts that way. Like, you're not a player. I guess he he used to do that when he was a player. He even said that last year. Like, he used to have a problem with the media. Now, man, you were media. You were you were an announcer at ESPN. They replaced him when his contract uh, expired. And now he's a quarterback coach that doesn't seem to really want to talk about his job. That was very strange. Just his overall demeanor. I mean, did you see the, the interview at all? I watched it for a few minutes. Then I was so disgusted I turned it off. So yeah. let me just say a few things about what I saw. He mm -hmm. walked to the back of the room and he stood in a corner. What the hell is that about? And when you cross your arms, that's a defensive position. Very you're, defensive. Or, or you're defending yourself. And yeah. you expect incoming when you do yes. that. Yes. I'll tell you when I turned it off. Someone asked him some bland question about one of the quarterbacks i forgot which one and and his answer was he puts in the work 
He and to me, any time a coach says that a player does work or that the team works hard, it is meaningless. In fact, mm-hmm. for the one or two seconds that they say it, I die. I die because it's a waste of life when they say that. Yeah. It's not news if a player works hard. It's news if a player does not work hard. So yeah. to say a player works hard, you're saying, oh, he does what he's supposed to do. Move on, guy. Don't talk to me about that. The minute he did it, I turned him off, Iggy. Yeah, when you say, like, this guy's putting in the work, that means oh. you have nothing specific to say. It's like you're avoiding the question, giving an yeah. evasive answer. Why would you give an evasive answer? You're the quarterback expert. Position coaches like to talk. You know quarterback coach. You know, you know football coaches. I mean, the, the ones that avoid answers are the head coaches because they have a whole agenda. But guys who coach offensive line, defensive line, they want to tell you about their craft. And yeah. he's going to straight straight to, oh, he puts in the work. So, again, this is not a true coach's coach. This is a guy who was a player and then a media guy and then midway through his life decided he wanted to dabble in coaching and see what would go, how it would go. So he doesn't have that true coach's mentality of, like, I'm a teacher, and if you're interested, I'll teach you right now. We could turn this into an hour-long symposium. Like, his attitude, I'll get me the hell out of here. I'm still a player. Right, I'm still a quarterback. He's still answering a still as, a quarterback. If, as if he had a game and he threw two picks. He's and the thing about him, too, is he wants to talk about himself. He loves talking the, like the, the question about, like, so how, how's coaching going for you? And what do you? How come you decided to come back for year two? And it's like, oh, you know, it's a real adventure. And he always references how inexperienced he is and how he's learning about himself. It's like, man, what about your players, man? It's about them at this point. It's not about you anymore. You're in service of them. And you ask him questions about his players, he gives you these really evasive answers. That being said, here's what I, I gleaned from what he said about the three quarterbacks, okay? With Brock. He was very lukewarm on Brock. His attitude with Brock was, you know, he's very emotionally mature and you got to give him his poise. But he's essentially not as good as people think he is. He has a lot of improvement. He has a lot of improvement to do. And especially, essentially from the pocket. That's what he was saying. Like, yeah, yeah. I mean, what he did was amazing. And he's so, to be able to take over the team that's so a veteran and have that kind of poise, it's great. But he, he has a lot of improvement to do. That's essentially what he said. And I, I think that's how he feels. It's like, okay, dude. Then Sam Darnold, he said, essentially, anyone who knows anything about football can see what a good skill set Sam Darnold has. He just needs a stable environment like the 49ers. So when you hear people talking about this offseason, Sam Darnold's like the best thrower that the Niners have ever had, or, or Sam Darnold could really start. Well, I mean, listen to how the, the quarterback coach talks about him. He really says, like, anyone who, who knows anything about football can see what an undeniable skill set this guy has. He just needs us. He just needs our... Okay, so he loves Sam Darnold. He seems a li- like throwing a little bit of water on Brock Purdy. And then when he talks about Trey, all he'll say is, I'm really proud of him, man. Like, he could have went in the tank last year. You know, that, that, that injury was gruesome. You know, he, he could have went in the tank. He could have slinked away and licked his wounds, but he didn't do that. No, he came back and he was around the team and I'm just so proud of him. Like, how more condescending and patronizing could you be? Like, you don't have anything nice to say about this guy other than you're proud of him proud like like he's a survivor wow so that's that that was his take on the three quarterbacks he seems like he's like his attitude is that look what we did with Brock Purdy just wait till we get started with Sam Darnold and I didn't pick Trey Lance I didn't pick this freaking guy I don't don't ask me about Trey Lance yeah yeah and what I would say is who the hell is Brian Greasy thank you he wasn't a very good quarterback his no, father wasn't. was. His father was famous. Who the hell is Brian Greasy? Mm-hmm. What has he ever done? 
Nothing. Yeah. But I just think it's unfortunate. Like if 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 Trey Lance or his agent or anyone is hoping that Trey Lance gets a fair shot here, yeah, he might. But it's it's not good when the quarterback coach doesn't seem to have any real enthusiasm for him. I mean, he's enthusiastic about Sam. That's the guy he he thinks has a a real skill set that's undeniable. Yikes. And and Iggy, he's also saying anyone who knows anything about football. So if you disagree with Greasy, you don't know anything about football. Yeah. So that there's and there's a ending. And arrogance. This is what I really yeah. don't like when people, quarterbacks especially, talk like that. I really don't like that. So, Brian Greasy, I'm a little skeptical about your whole thing that you got going on. I mean, your stock is up right now because of what Brock Purdy did last year, but how much of that was Brock and how much of that was you? Now, you, you were signed, you were hired to coach Trey Lance. Not Sam Darnold. Not Brock Purdy. Like, are you, are you throwing your hands up at that? And, and, do you even want to coach Trey Lance? I'd like to know. I love it. I love yeah. it. So I wasn't very impressed with the Brian Greasy performance. Then a few minutes later, Bobby Turner spoke. Bobby Turner's the running back coach. And what I want to say about Bobby, it's a, he's the opposite of Brian Greasy. Brian Greasy is evasive and doesn't really want to impart whatever knowledge he has onto you, the interviewer. Bobby Turner does. Bobby Turner, you, you know coaches, Dad. Real coaches, if you have them on the phone, you ask them a question about football, that conversation's going for an hour. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, you can't stop them. And they'll make it interesting. Like, you're not a football guy, but at the end, you learn something. That's how Bobby Turner is. You do a little bit of homework. I I, I said, you know, were you running outside zone with Mike Allstott at Purdue in in the early 90s? His eyes lit up like, oh, my God, this guy knows a little bit. He's interested. Let's talk. And all of a sudden, we were talking off the record about Darren McFadden. Remember back in the day when Greg Knapp was the OC and he was trying to install outside zone and Darren McFadden was against it? And coaches we were talking to was like, he probably should think about it because he's got bird legs and he, you know, he shouldn't be running between the tackles with those little bird legs. I said that to, to uh, Bobby Turner and he was, he's, he's like, man, I always thought he had bird legs too. So he was the kind of guy that, first of all, wasn't not, you know, was happy to be there, wasn't standing in a corner, sitting down, and he would have talked all day. I love coaches like that. I love football coaches like that. So that he's just right Yoda. He's, he's Yoda. Yeah, that's that's what I want to say. So a lot of coaches get this genius label, right? And it's usually, you know, a Caucasian guy who's 45. It's, it is a look for the genius guy. And Kyle gets that label. Walsh got that label. If there is a genius on this coaching staff, if there is one genius on this coaching staff, it's Bobby Turner. I love it. That's, I'm not saying there's more, there, there isn't more than one, but if there's just one, it's him. This guy was running outside zone before the Shanahan's. He, you know where he got it? Sam Weish. Sam Weiss was one of the, I think he was the first guy that did it in the NFL, in Cincinnati, in Cincinnati. So Bobby Turner was at Ohio State when Sam Weiss was at Cincinnati. He sees it. He brings it to Ohio State. Then he brings it to Purdue, does it with Mike Allstott. You remember Mike Allstott? Yes, of course. Hell of a fullback. Then the the Shanahan's get him, and he's been their right-hand man forever. They've never done anything without him. He's been with them forever. Amazing. So eventually he's going to have to retire and not coach anymore, although he seems like he wants to keep coaching. Um, and they're going to have, it's going to be interesting to see what Kyle does at that point because it's not just that he finds the running backs and develops the running backs. I mean, I think it's the whole scheme. I think it's the whole vision of an identity of the offense. I want to say one other thing, Iggy. What you're portraying is a difference between Greasy and Bobby Turner. Let's call Greasy cold and Bobby Turner hot. Yes. It's yes. nice to be near hot. Yes. It's nice. To warm. Iggy, warm, warm. Let's call it yeah. cold and warm. warm. Okay. Yeah. Uh, it's nice to be near warm. Yeah. 
it's nice to be near enthusiasm. Yes. And I want to say, I think people's personalities are homogeneous. If mm-hmm. Greasy was off-putting to the media, he may be off-putting with his quarterbacks. Right. And if Bobby Turner is warm and engaging and enthusiastic and supportive, he's probably that way with his running backs. Mm-hmm. So I'm saying what they showed that day may be showing how they are as coaches. Yeah, and you wonder how has Bobby Turner had all this success for 50 – he's been coaching for 50 years. He's been in the NFL for 30. How has he had all this success? Well, it's more than just an understanding of X's and O's or right. whatever. I mean, it's the it's like the human element. Yeah. The human element. Yeah, and it's like it's all the time. You don't turn it on and off. No. You're not, no. You're not warm sometimes and cold sometimes. It's who you are. So, so you know what I think Brian Greasy should do? Spend a little time with Bobby Turner. I would agree. Absolutely. Yeah. It's really too bad that Kyle and his dad don't have a Bobby Turner at quarterback. Because, look, Bobby Turner is Hall of Fame level co- coach. It's just that running backs aren't as important as quarterbacks. I mean, damn, it's just that's the way it is. If they only had the Bobby Turner quarterbacks, they would have won a million championships. But at least they got Bobby Turner. He's important. He's really it. good. Yep. I love it. And, Iggy, you you would think that Kyle understands it and really has a tremendously high regard for Bobby Turner. Yeah. I, Kyle Shanahan might be arrogant, but he's not so arrogant to think he can do it without Bobby. All I know is that Bobby had some type of procedure last year and he wasn't with the team um, for the off season and the first three weeks. And they started one and two. And by week four, he was back. Mm-hmm. That's all Please I know. come back. Please, Bobby, we need you. Bobby, 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 we need you. And I don't know. I, again, like he's never worked for anyone other than the Shanahan's. I, it's they must pay him so much. I, I don't understand what the deal is, what the arrangement is, but he must be taken care of. You know what I'm saying? But I at the sure same time, so. hey, Bobby, my son needs you. <laughs> I know you're 75 years old. You, my son needs you. Please, 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 please. Eventually, Kyle's gonna have to do it on his own. It's gonna be interesting. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, Bobby Turner, it was a pleasure to talk to you. We only get to talk to him twice a year. I would, I wish we could talk to him once a week. They should make him a coordinator. I see what you're saying. So yeah. in other words, you don't get to talk to these people, but twice? Twice. That's it. Whoa. Yeah. Okay. Also, um, the Niners have a rule where they can ask you to take down your videos after 24 hours, and they usually don't. The, the videos of like press conferences from um, their facility, they almost always don't ask you to do it. Um, but today they asked us to take him down. And I wonder why. Was it because Brian Greasy's performance was so bad? Was it because he really didn't handle any of the quarterback conversations questions well? I'd like to know because we've done these before and we've posted the interviews and no one and no one said anything, but all of a sudden the Niners are like, "Yeah, you got to take those down." Why? Hold on. Iggy, this is new to me. Yeah. Cuz you got to understand when I was working, I didn't I wasn't doing videos and all that stuff. Right. You know, I wrote my article and no one said, now you take the article out of the paper three days right. later. So Correct. you're saying if Greasy stands in the corner with his looking over his shoulder and his arms crossed defensively, someone from the organization contacted all the writers and yeah. I'm sorry, all the media and said what you posted from <coughs> Bobby Turner and Greasy, both of them, mm-hmm. take them down and they're allowed to. There's an NFL rule that those 
press conferences can't be archived online in a place like YouTube for more than 24 hours. So I could post it for a day, then I got to take it down. Most of the time, the Niners don't care and don't say anything and just let you do it. But if there's something they don't want out there, they can invoke this rule. And 24 hours later, you have to take it down. So I took it down 24 hours at 2.30 today. How did they let you know that? I got an email from the PR director. <coughs> but it wasn't just you. It was everybody. That's what he said. And what was in basically the wording? Uh, hey, Grant, um, look at this rule from the NFL. Contact me if you have any questions. And I oh. said, okay, well, are you singling me out or does everyone have to take these videos out? He said, okay. And he said, everyone. And don't shoot the messenger. I said, okay, fair enough. Fair enough. But it, it's just like, <laughs> obviously it wasn't his call. Someone, Kyle, well, uh, contacted the PR guy and was like, what the hell is this? Tell him to take it down. Like, yeah, man, I think that video, that interview with Brian Greasy was a bad look and you probably should want to take that down. But we don't know that's the reason. I don't know that's the reason, but it just was so irregular. Never, ha never happened before. Last year we did these interviews and those... Interviews are on my YouTube channel. You can find them right now. No one had an issue. So something must have, something must be different. What's different about yesterday than all other times? The Passover rule. Greasy. Greasy. That's what I think. Yeah, it wasn't Bobby Turner. <laughs> <coughs> I'm coughing. I'm sorry. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, I mean, James. I'm in, your, I'm in your old room, Mickey, and it's cold yeah. in here. Yeah. James says, are they rushing back Brock? Love from UK, Papa Cone. Oh, I don't know. Hi, hi, UK. I wonder. They keep talking about how he's ahead of schedule and how they want him to be back for training camp. Feels like a little bit of pressure. Like, hey, bud, if you want to play this year, you need to be back for training camp. I don't know. I'm not there. Manny Fresh says, how is a bum quarterback greasy going to make any quarterback better? That's rough. That's rough. But I guess that's a good question. When they, when they signed Greasy... I mean, he had no experience, and his playing experience was nothing comparable to Trey Lance. So it seemed like there was nothing in his background that would be of use to Trey Lance, but maybe it's helpful to Brock Purdy. Timothy Glanders says, has Greasy changed, added any, anything, quarterback training? I don't know. I mean, he didn't want to talk about it. He wouldn't exactly get into it. We asked about quarterback mechanics, and he said... You know, uh, you always work on that. We, we, we've we been talking about that with Trey for a long time, but at the same time, you throw how you throw. It's like, what, what are you talking about? <laughs> I love it, right? Iggy, you love when a guy's a bullshitter, right? Yeah, and you, like you just there. contradicted yourself in two. Like, <laughs> we've been Iggy. talking about mechanics with him since he got here, and you just throw how you throw. Like, well, which one is it, dude? Iggy, I used to be in interviews like that, and I would just think, what am I going to make of this? What do I do with this? You yes. know? And you want to gobbledygook. The, you want to <laughs> say to the guy, this is complete bullshit. Could, yeah, you, could we start over? Yeah, could, could we try could, again without the bullshit? Could you, could you <laughs> save the bullshit? <laughs> now you got it out of your system. Hold the bullshit. <laughs> Keep it on the side. The Cosmic Channel says, let Trey cook. All right. Yeah. All right. Uh, Tyler Caressley says, Grand Papacone question. What would the Niners play like on offense when Bobby Turner retires? I don't know. That's Go back and look wonders. at the first three games last year. Go back and look at the first three games last year. Chicago. Battle Beast 19 says, uh, Trey does good in practices, just practice. Trey has lower completion percentage of practice. He sucks. What a bust. Trey haters something else, man. Yeah, well, if Kyle Shanahan won't pick a quarterback, then fans will, and they'll have this stupid fight every day. It's Kyle's creation. It's his legacy here. Not picking a quarterback ever. 
How could you go seven years and not pick a quarterback? It's amazing. <laughs> I mean, most great most great head coaches are like tied to a quarterback. You know, not what what great genius coach gets to have a new quarterback every year? <laughs> gets to get a new four quarterbacks every year. Yeah. Oh, we just need a room. Anyway. We have a great quarterback room. Oh, I love Iggy. Could we stay with that a second? The room. We have a great quarterback room. Iggy, yeah. what the hell is a, is a quarterback room? Or I'll compare our quarterback room to any quarterback room in the league. So I was talking about out, this. Yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. I mean, did they come out in a room on the field? You know what I mean? The, yeah. The, <laughs> the whole room is in the pocket. The whole room. The room is, oh, man. So here's the thing. Okay. They talk about like they have the best quarterback room in the league as if as if the backups matter, as if it's not all about the starter. Okay, okay. So I'll give you two quarterback rooms. Which one would you rather have? Okay, the Niners quarterback room with Trey Lance, Brock Purdy, Sam Darnold, or this quarterback room, Patrick Mahomes, me and you. <laughs> Which quarterback room are you taking, Dad? I'm, I'm taking KC. Listen. I'm taking that one. I think I'm taking the Jets. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I think I'm taking that quarterback room. You could put me and you in the quarterback room with Patrick Mahomes and, and suit us up on game day. I'm still taking Patrick Mahomes. I don't care about the depth the 49ers have. Screw depth. Yeah, the quarterback yeah. room. I love it. Quarterback room. You know, yeah. Iggy, if I was still writing, I think I'd write a column called the quarterback room. That would be hilarious. You know, do they the have a room. phone? Are there yeah. soft drinks? Yeah. <laughs> right? Do they have How much fun they have in the quarterback room. Yeah. <laughs> Did he get snacks? Remember, he used to take me to Mister uh, Doctor Wampler's office, uh, like yeah. like the, the child, um, yeah, dentist. dentist. Remember all the games he had in there, the arcade he games, was, and yeah, he did. That's yeah. what the quarterback room was, because everyone there is is like seventeen years old in in the quarterback room. They're twelve. They have games. So you got games, you know what I mean? So they're not too nervous because it's a little high anxiety and, environment. And here's this: and Greasy is in the quarterback room, right? He's playing the games too. Yeah, and you get a treat when you leave for being so good. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. It's like it's like the doctor's office. Yeah. Hey, just right over here. It's gonna be okay. Don't worry about it. It's gonna be okay. It'll only hurt for a second. <laughs> yeah. In, in Brock's case, it's gonna hurt for about six months. In Trey's case, it's gonna hurt for about nine months. But uh, I don't know. Oh Jesus. Oh jeez. We have a great quarterback room. When is Kyle Shanahan gonna figure out that he's the worst coach ever for a young quarterback and he needs a veteran? When's he gonna figure that out? Anytime soon. I know. Yeah. I don't know. I have a question for you. Yeah. Does Kyle ever go into the quarterback room? I would think he does. <laughs> I would think I would so. think he does. Well, he has so much knowledge about quarterbacks and throwing and mechanics that he needs to be in there. Yeah. He in was the quarterback a quarterback. Room. Oh, wait. No, he wasn't a quarterback. But but they allow him in the quarterback. They, they, he's allowed in the quarterback room. Right, because he's so uplifting and positive that you want to bring him in there just to <laughs> help people with their confidence. <laughs> Hey, by the way, you guys all suck. Good to see you. See you next week. <laughs> oh, I love it. The quarterback room. Oh, the quarterback room. Yeah. It's a new concept because it used to be if you have two quarterbacks, you have no quarterbacks. That was like a right. platitude in the NFL. But yeah. now if you got three, now you got a room and a room apparently <laughs> is better than a starter. <laughs> oh, boy. I'd like to get a pass into the quarterback room for an hour one day. See what they do there. Oh, it would just be Brian Greasy putting on a clinic of coaching. 
Oh my, I'm sure other coaches from all around the country, quarterback coaches who've been doing this for 30, 40 years, would be in that room being like, this is revolutionary. This is cutting edge, cutting edge stuff. And that is why Trey Lance is so good. (laughs) I guess if we were going to put a title to this show, it would be the quarterback room. The quarterback room. Yeah. The future of the league. Forget a quarterback. You want a room. You need a room. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, the quarterback room. Go ahead. Iggy, I would say the quarterback room when Joe Montana and Steve Young were in it wasn't big enough. (laughs) That was was a room that wasn't big enough for those two egos. You know what I mean? Dad, remember when I was at UCLA, you dropped me off for my first year, my freshman year, that room in Hedrick, that triple? Oh, God, with the three, yeah. That's the quarterback room that the Niners have. (laughs) It's about, it's the size of a closet. You got a bunk bed. You got two bunk beds, three people, and no one's happy, and they're all about 18 years old. That's what they got. And it's like, look, when one of you guys ends up being good, you can move out of the dorms. But right now, you guys are in the dorms. <laughs> Hedrick, I remember. Mom and You're I. You're freaking Hedrick. What kind of, yeah. If there's ever a fire in here, our kid is dead. Remember? Screwed. Screwed. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. So Joseph Stockbridge says, appreciate posting the coaches meeting on Spotify. I'm going to post this on Spotify, too. If you didn't know, I post all these on Spotify and Stuff so you can listen to them afterward. Gary B. Good, thank you for the $10. That was very nice of you, Is Gary B. Good. Is he related to Johnny B. Good? I think he's his cousin. <laughs> Hi. You know that new sound you've been looking for? <laughs> right. I think we're out of topics, Dad. This was a hell of a show. What, don't you think? It always is. I, I, Iggy, it always I, is. I, I had dinner over at Iggy's house last night with Iggy and Swasti, and we drank champagne and yeah. a wonderful Sonoma Coast Pinot Noir. We don't and just what, normally drink champagne every Thursday night, but it was the one-year anniversary of us moving into this house. So it was. Oh, I love their house. And I told you, it's nine minutes away from me. So I feel very secure. All right, Iggy. Um, I love you. I love you, too. I'll call you in a minute. Okay. See you, everyone. Bye, everyone.